European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 43, Issue 5, Focus Issue, Heart Failure and Cardiomyopathies, by Editor-in-Chief, Professor Filippo Crea, read to you by Morgan Bryan. Treatment of heart failure across the spectrum of left ventricular ejection fraction, and an update on cardiac amyloidosis and ischemic cardiomyopathy. This issue opens with two special articles of the series the Year in Cardiovascular Medicine. The first article is The Year in Cardiovascular Medicine 2021 Heart Failure and Cardiomyopathies by Johann Bauersachs and colleagues from the Medizinische Hochschule in Hanover, Germany. In 2021, the Universal Definition and Classification of Heart Failure, or HF, was published that defines HF as a clinical syndrome with symptoms and/or signs caused by a cardiac abnormality and corroborated by elevated natriuretic peptide levels or objective evidence of cardiogenic congestion. This definition and the classification of HF with reduced, or HEF-REF, mildly reduced, and preserved ejection fraction, or HEF-PEF, are consistent with the 2021 ESC guidelines on HF. Among several other new recommendations, these guidelines give a class 1 indication for the use of the sodium glucose cotransporter 2 or SGLT2 inhibitors, dapagliflozin and empagliflozin in HEFREF patients. As first evidence-based treatment for HEFPEF in the Emperor Preserve trial, empagliflozin reduced the composite endpoint of cardiovascular death and HF hospitalizations. Several reports in 2021 have provided novel and detailed analyses of device and medical therapy in HF, especially regarding sacubitril stroke valsartan, SGLT2 inhibitors, mineral acorticoid receptor antagonists, ferric carboxymaltose, soluble granulite cyclase activators, and cardiac myosin activators. The second article from this series is The Year in Cardiovascular Medicine 2021 Interventional Cardiology by Javier Scand and colleagues from the Hospital Clinico Universitario San Carlos in Madrid, Spain. Since last year's report, the authors have witnessed substantial progress in all aspects of interventional cardiology. Of note, the practice of interventional cardiology took place amidst successive waves of the COVID-19 pandemic, which continues to be a major burden for all healthcare professionals around the globe. In this review, the authors revisit the developments in percutaneous coronary intervention, or PCI, structural heart interventions, and adjunctive pharmacotherapy. The issue continues with a focus on heart failure and cardiomyopathies. Ischemic cardiomyopathy, or ICM, is the most frequent cause of HEFREF. Its management is complex and widely debated. In a Viewpoint article entitled Myocardial Revascularization in Ischemic Cardiomyopathy, Routine Practice versus Scientific Evidence. Raffaella de Catarina and colleagues from Pisa University Hospital and University of Pisa in Italy indicate that patients with extensive coronary artery disease and ICM have an unfavorable prognosis. Current ESC guidelines recommend myocardial revascularization in ICM patients with suitable coronary anatomy using either coronary artery bypass graft or cabbage or PCI. 
Real-world data indicate that PCI has become the revascularization strategy of choice in ICM, with usage rates now nearly three times higher than cabbage. The authors summarize the scientific evidence for revascularization with either cabbage or PCI in patients with ICM, the guiding principles to support its continued use, and the disturbing discordance between current clinical practice and scientific evidence. Transthyrotin amyloidosis, or ATTR amyloidosis, is a heterogeneous disorder with cardiac, neurological, and mixed phenotypes. In a clinical research article entitled Transthyrotin Cardiac Amyloidosis in Continental Western Europe, an insight through the Transthyrotin Amyloidosis Outcome Survey, or THEOS, Thibaut Dami and colleagues from the GRC Amyloid Research Institute in Créteau, France, Describe the phenotypic and genotypic profile of this disease in continental Western Europe as it appears from the Transthyrotin Amyloidosis Survey, or THEOS. THEOS is an ongoing worldwide longitudinal observational survey established to study differences in presentation, diagnosis, and natural history in ATTR amyloidosis subjects. A data cutoff. 1,411 symptomatic subjects from nine continental Western European countries were enrolled in THEOS. 1,286 hereditary ATTRM amyloidosis, 125 wild-type ATTR amyloidosis. Genotypes and phenotypes varied notably by country. Four mutations, isoleucine substituted valine at position 122, leucine substituted for methanionine at position 111, threonine substituted for alanine at position 60, and isoleucine substituted for leucine at position 68, and wild-type ATTR were associated with a mainly cardiac phenotype, showing symmetric left ventricular or LV hypertrophy, normal diastolic LV dimensions and volume, and mildly depressed LV ejection fraction or LVEF. Morphological and functional abnormalities on echocardiogram were significantly more severe in subjects with cardiac compared with a mixed phenotype characterized by higher median intraventricular septal thickness, 18 versus 16 mil, P equaling 0.0006, and greater prevalence of LVEF, less than 50%, 38 versus 17%, P equaling 0.0008. Subjects with cardiac mutations or wild-type ATTR or cardiac or mixed phenotype had a lower survival rate than subjects with other genotypes or neurological phenotype, P being less than 0.001 for both. The authors conclude that ATTR amyloidosis genotypes and phenotypes are highly heterogeneous in continental Western Europe. A geographic map of the different disease profiles an awareness that a subset of subjects have a dominant cardiac phenotype mimicking hypertrophic cardiomyopathy at presentation can facilitate the clinical recognition of this undiagnosed disease. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Enrico Amirati from the Niguarda Hospital in Milan, Italy and Omar Abu Ezzedin from the Mayo Clinic, Rochester, Minnesota, USA. The authors conclude that ATTR is a broad spectrum of diseases with diverse genotypes, heterogeneous phenotypes, and variable geographic distribution. 
current registries underrepresent patients with wild-type ATTR and ATTRM with cardiac genotypes. The advent of non-invasive scintigraphy-based diagnostic techniques has increased recognition of ATTR cardiomyopathy. Future registries ought to incorporate more patients with ATTR and track cardiac and systematic biomarkers to improve phenotypic classification, disease staging and risk stratification. Finally, in this exciting era of therapeutic advances, studying the impact of novel disease-modifying agents on clinical course and outcomes is crucial. In another clinical research article entitled Primary Care Heart Failure Service identifies a missed cohort of heart failure patients with reduced ejection fraction. Matthew Kahn and colleagues from the Liverpool Heart and Chest Hospital NHS Foundation Trust in the UK explored whether a missed cohort of patients in the community with HF and LV systolic dysfunction, or LVSD, could be identified and receive treatment optimization through a primary care HF, or PCHF, service. A PCHF service is a partnership between Inspira Health, National Health Service Cardiologists, and Medtronic. The PCHF service uses retrospective clinical audit to identify patients requiring a prospective face-to-face -face consultation with a consultant cardiologist for clinical review of their HF management within primary care. The service is delivered via five phases. 1. Interrogation of general practitioner or GP systems. 2. Clinical audit of medical records. 3. Patient invitation. 4. Consultant reviews. And 5. Follow-up. A total of 78 GP practices and a population of 864,194 have participated. The service found that within primary care, 27% of HF patients identified for a cardiologist consultation were eligible for complex device therapy, 45% required optimization of medicines, and 47% of patients audited required diagnosis codes adding to their GP records. The authors conclude that a PCHF service can identify a missed cohort of patients with HF and LVSD, enabling the optimization of prognostic medication and an increase in device prescription. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Lars Lund and colleagues from the Karolinska Institutet in Stockholm, Sweden. The authors conclude that the PCHF service resulted in an increase by approximately 40% of the number of patients receiving optimal care. Although no clinical outcomes were reported, it's not unreasonable to expect that this translated into improved outcomes. Medical records-based screening has the potential to identify previously unrecognized HF diagnoses and HF under treatment. Screening is widely accepted in other areas of medicine and should be further studied in HF. SGLT2 inhibitors have emerged as a key treatment of HF. In a clinical research article entitled Effect of Empagliflozin in Patients with Heart Failure Across the Spectrum of Left Ventricular Ejection Fraction, Javid Butler and colleagues from the University of Mississippi School of Medicine in Jackson, Mississippi, USA, assess the influence of EF on the effect of the SGLT2 inhibitor empagliflozin on HF outcomes. A pooled analysis was performed 
on both the Emperor-Reduced and the Emperor-Preserved trials, 9,718 patients, and patients were grouped based on EF, less than 25, 25 to 34, 35 to 44, 45 to 54, 55 to 64, and greater than or equal to 65%. Outcomes assessed included 1. Time to first hospitalization for HF or cardiovascular mortality, 2. Time to first HF hospitalization, 3. Total, first and recurrent hospitalizations for HF, and 4. Health status assessed by the Kansas City Cardiomyopathy Questionnaire, or KCCQ. The risk of cardiovascular death and hospitalization for heart failure declined progressively as EF increased from less than 25% to greater than or equal to 65%. Empagliflozin reduced the risk of cardiovascular death or HF hospitalization mainly by reducing HF hospitalizations. Empagliflozin reduced the risk of HF hospitalization by approximately 30% in all EF subgroups, with an attenuated effect in patients with an EF greater than or equal to 65%. Hazard ratios were EF less than 25% 0.73, EF 25 to 34% 0.63, EF 35 to 44% 0.72, EF 45 to 54% 0.66, EF 55 to 64% 0.70, and EF greater than or equal to 65% 1.05. Other HF outcomes, including KCCQ, showed a similar response pattern. Sex did not influence the responses to empagliflozin. The authors conclude that the magnitude of the effect of empagliflozin on HF outcomes is clinically meaningful and similar in patients with EF less than 25% to less than 65%, but is attenuated in patients with an EF greater than or equal to 65%. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by John McMurray and Toru Kondu from the University of Glasgow in the United Kingdom. The authors note that the two most novel aspects of the new ESC guidelines on HF were the strong recommendation given to SGLT2 inhibitors as a treatment for HEFREF, EF less than or equal to 40%, and the first ever recommendation of any therapy for the renamed HEFMEREF. EF greater than 40% to less than 50%. Use of all major neurohumoral modulating therapies was proposed in the latter patients, although the recommendation was much weaker than for patients with HEF-REF because it was based on retrospective analyses of trials which suggested benefit of these treatments in certain patients with an EF greater than 40%, i.e. probably those with some degree of LV systolic dysfunction. The precise upper EF threshold, above which there is no benefit, remains uncertain and a source of debate. The issue is also complemented by two discussion forum contributions. In a commentary entitled, Respectful Language and Putting the Person First with Obesity, Sima Singh Bajaj and colleagues from the Harvard University in Cambridge, Massachusetts, USA, comment on the recent publication, Obesity modifies the energetic phenotype of dilated cardiomyopathy by Jennifer Rayner from the University of Oxford in the United Kingdom. Rayner et al. respond in a separate comment. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will be of interest to its listeners.